and I'm going to write a song. And Jamie's like, I have that book. I read it in seminary, and it was a book I want to go back to. So I've started reading this book. I know it's not for everyone, but if you are a thinker, or if you're someone who likes deep books, like that just resonates with you, deep Christian books, I cannot recommend this book highly enough. Like I just read it and sit with it, and God is working powerfully in my thoughts and my dreams and my heart. It's Brendan Manning, Abba's Child. So if you're, if that, because some people I know, they don't dig that. But if you are, if God speaks to you through reading, I highly recommend you get this book. Um, so here's the quote. I don't know if we have it up there, but I'm going to read it to you. And um, it's anyone we come into contact with, we either offer them life or we drain them. There is no neutral exchange. Brendan Manning, Abba's Child. So I thought about it. I took this quote with me and I sat with them. Like every, so I took it to the grocery store and I'm like, okay. So I'm not convinced that every single contact I come with in the grocery store that I'm offering them life or I'm draining them. But the point is, you have an opportunity. You have an opportunity with the people you rub shoulders with, with your neighbors, with the post office workers, with whoever. You can offer them the life that's living in you through Christ, or you can drain them. So what I did was I took out my journal, and I started thinking. I just kind of sat with it. Who offers me? And I want you to do this. Think about it. Just give yourself, who offers you life? Like, I just kind of, I think with my eyes closed. That's why I'm a Pentecostal. So I kind of closed my eyes, and I'm serious. I'm serious. So I just kind of th started th thinking. Like, let, like, like, let people's eye mind, like, think of people. There's people. There's tons of people in this church that offer me life. And I started just, like, thinking about them. Do you have a few people? Can you think of some? Like, think, and, what is, and I thought, what do these people have in common? What do they have in common, these people that pop in your head? Um, mine, they're deep. Most of the people that offer me life, they're deep. Um, they are truthful. They're honest. They're kind. Um, I think the people, they speak blessings. When they speak to me, they're speaking God's blessings over me. They're speaking um, things that aren't even yet to come yet. Um, and I thought of them, and just, they're positive. The people that offer me life are positive. Do you have some in your, now think, yours could be different. Now think about it. Who drained you? Yikes. Right? Yikes. Who, I mean, think about it. I mean, I, I had people that just like popped into my head immediately. They just drained me. They're so hard to be with. Why? Did you have anybody? Pops, why? Why are they hard to be with? For me, yours might be different. They are negative. They're just negative. Or they, they can't, mostly for me, yours could be, they don't, they don't have anything nice to say about anybody. They're just negative. Um, those are the people that, that drain me. And then I thought, are you ready? That's your, that's oh, your cue. Oh. We practiced this. <laughs> the, the, but then I thought part kind of threw me off. Oh, there, I'm, okay. I thought you were going to complete. so this, well with this, this last time. People were like, you guys are seamless. Yeah, yeah. So much for seeing so, us this week. Yeah. So what happened was I came home and I, I heard this video and then Heidi says, I've been just thinking about that and who fills my life, who feeds me and who drains me. And, and I thought, oh my gosh, which one of those am I for her? You know, I'm like, uh-oh. 
He goes, do you have to ask that question? Yeah, do you really have to ask that question? Because I don't want to know which category I'm in. Um, Proverbs 10:11 says this, the mouth of a good person is a deep, life-giving well, but the mouth of a wicked person is a dark cave of abuse. And it's this, it's this, it's a very biblical, proverby sort of image, but let me, let me make it real for you. Um, and I, I hesitate to use my son, but he's been doing this lately, and I'm sure I did it, so maybe I'll use me. Uh, when I was probably eight years old, um, I'd sit down at the dinner table, and the food would be put before me, and I would instantly judge what was on that plate, and I'd be like, okay, I got, I got steak, I got mashed potatoes, and I got green beans. I'd grab my spoon, as soon as the first, my dad said amen, my spoon went into the mashed potatoes and into my mouth, and I crammed as much in there as I could. And I'm like, you know, Jamie, how was your day? Oh, there's a mashed potato hanging out of my mouth. I'd stuff it full of mashed potatoes. That's the image of this guy in Proverbs. He's saying that the, the good person, his mouth is a deep, life-giving well. His mouth is full. It's crammed full of life-giving words. And the, the person that's evil and the person that's broken and the person that's speaking death, his, his mouth is a dark cave, and it's stuffed full of abuse. You guys kind of get the picture of that? It's kind of gross and disgusting, right? It's like just, there's just either goodness is running out of the corners of his mouth and he can't speak anything but life, or it is full of darkness and abuse. And so Heidi's asking these questions, and I'm reading this scripture, and I'm asking, I'm going, okay, for her, who am I? And for me, and for the people around me, what is in my mouth? What is it full of? And a couple weeks ago, I came to church. Remember, I was rattled before I speak, spoke, and I said, like, God like, actually like, just totally nailed me on something. And I was like, I don't even know if I can preach what I'm supposed to preach this week. I was rattled when I came to church. And this is what it was. God kind of revealed to me that my words very often have a very sarcastic edge to them. And I don't know if you know this, but sarcasm, it, from, from its original root words, it means to eat the flesh of. Okay? It means literally to eat the flesh of. That's disgusting, right? But think about all of our comics, our comedians in the world today. They're sarcastic. They are literally eating other people as they make fun of them. And I realize, like, man, sometimes my voice, I've got this sarcastic edge, and I'm, like, destroying people. And sometimes I'm like, I really want to encourage the church. Well, guys, everybody's got to just come higher. Come jump up into Jesus. Come, you know, and, and I carry this edge about me that I'm almost superior because I'm up here and you're not there yet. And I'm trying to encourage you to come. But in my heart, maybe it's not just encouragement I'm trying to bring. So this is very, very personal to me. And I realize I'm like, Heidi, I'm like, man, I think maybe I'm a death speaker for my wife. That's not good. And I don't want to be a death speaker I want to be a life speaker. And you know what? Our world, is, it's a hard place, right? I mean, how many of you guys know our world's a hard place? Yeah. Man, that's the first time I got 100% participation on a hand raising. <laughs> that was awesome. And you know what? In, in our world, people have a hard time believing that God is good. How many of you know that? People have a hard time knowing and believing that God is good. And you know what? Even secular people get this, Okay. Uh, Philo, the Greek philosopher from way back when, like, you know, 50 years ago or something, but long ago, he said this, he said, be kind to everyone, for everyone is in a great battle. Life is hard. We don't need more people who are sarcastic and mean-spirited, tearing us down. We need life, and the world needs God's life. They need to know that God is good. So, what do we do? How do we do it? How do we become life speakers? 
How do we move to this? I want to be different is the bottom line. God is shaping me and changing me, and I want to be different. So now I have to ask not just who am I, but how do I be different? When I first started asking, like, the question, I was sitting down and praying and journaling how, God, how do I be a life speaker? How do I be different? Um, this verse popped into my head. This is a cool part about when you know the Bible, because God just pops verses in your heart all the time. It's like a gift. And the verse that he popped into my heart, I want to share with you, <clears throat> is Psalm 19:14. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing in your sight. Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Um, I felt like God was saying to me, may your words and the meditations of your heart, what's going on in your heart, comes from your heart, Heidi. If that's what you want to offer people, it begins there. That's where we're going to have to first start working. Um, I want to read a scripture with you guys. If you'd open up your Bibles with me to Matthew 12. I'll give you a minute or your phones, whatever works for you. 12, wherever you have the Bible. Matthew 12:33. All right, here we go. Oh, look at that. All right, but I think my version's different, and I like it, so I'm going to read mine. Make a tree good, and its fruit will be good. Or make a tree bad, and its fruit will be bad. For a tree is recognized by its fruit. You brood of vipers, how can you who are evil say anything good? For out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. For out of the overflow of my heart, my mouth speaks. The good man or woman brings good things out of the good stored up in him or her. And the evil man or woman brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him or her. But I tell you that men will have to give account for, on the day of judgment for every, every careless word that they have spoken. For by your words you will be acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. The, the book of Luke kind of records this, a similar teaching of Jesus. And it says it really, really, really succinctly and really simply. How many of you need to hear it simply? <laughs> all right, all right, Derek, I know this is actually for you because I, I thought this. Here, here it is. No. Put very, very simply, Luke 6, 43 through 45, it says it this way. The mouth speaks what the heart is full of. I mean, it can't get any simpler than that. The mouth speaks what the heart is full of. A couple weeks ago, um, and that might have been months ago now, it's one of those stories that just kind of happens repeatedly. I go, um, I'm in the, it's in the morning, I got my shower, I'm just barely awake, I haven't had my coffee yet, and I go to the next part of my morning, which is to brush my teeth. You know, I got to have this golden smile. And so I open the drawer, and there in the middle of the drawer is the tube of toothpaste with the cap off of it, and half the tube is squeezed into this puddle, right? How many of you experienced that before? You know, the, the two, I hate that. And I'm like, what, what, how, and I tried to you know, scrape it, and I'm trying to put it back in there because we're really, you know, we're, we're really poor, not really cheap, and, and we don't want to waste the toothpaste, and so I'm trying to get it back in there, and it won't go in there, and it really kind of reminded me of the truth of our words. Truth, our words are just like the tube of toothpaste in the toothpaste. Once the toothpaste is out of the tube, there is no putting it back in, right? It is so true. And once the words are out of my mouth, there is everything that I have said this morning, they're floating here in your heads. And I cannot grab it and stuff them back in. It will not go back. And it's a real bummer because I'm a public speaker, right? I talk a lot. And that means there's a lot of chance for what is in my heart to come out of my mouth 
and into my drawer <laughs> and sit there like a pile of toothpaste that I can't take back and put it back in. That's sad. I realized as I was sitting with this that a lot of times as a Christian, things I say that are things that I think they're ugly. I mean, have you, have you had that where you're like, I've been a Christian for quite a while and wow, that was, that was ugly. That was just downright ugly. Or, and um, I think it's an opportunity for how you're going to look at it. You can be like, man, I've been a Christian for how long and this is still what comes out of me? This is gross. And you can just leave it at that. But I think it's the Holy Spirit when I say something, and I'm like, it saddens me, actually, because I know that that means that there's, it's in my heart. Or when I think things, I feel like it's the Holy Spirit whispering to you, it's in there, it's still in there. It doesn't have to stay that way. I know that that was ugly, Heidi. I know that it was unkind, but you don't have to keep it that way. We can change this. Um. So... I look at my heart, and I have to ask myself the question, what, what's in there? What's coming out of my heart? And I want my heart to speak life. And so I'm, I'm kind of analyzing this idea that what is in my heart comes out of my mouth. So let me ask you this question. For you and for me, what is your heart holding on to? What has filled it up? Now, this filling happens over the course of our whole life. I mean, it might have been something, things your parents said. It's things your friends have said. It's things your pastors have said. It's especially your pastors, because we speak a lot, and we say, if this is in the name of God. And we take and we fill our hearts with these things, and we hold on to them, and we believe them. So let's think about this. Let's examine our hearts for a second. If you tend to be a person who is critical of yourself, critical of your behaviors, critical of... Um, you know, what you think and how you feel. You have a critical heart. And what's going to come out of your mouth? Critical speech, right? You're going to be critiquing the sermon. You're going to be critiquing your neighbor's car. You're going to be critiquing your fellow student's grades. You're going to be critiquing how people dress and how people look. If you have a critical heart, you're going to speak critically. If you're bitter inside, if you've got hurt from the past, that is sitting in you like an arrow, and you are going over it and over it and over it and not forgiving and not releasing, that bitterness is going to well up within you, and it's going to come out in your speech, and you're going to have acidic mouth. The things that you say are going to be sharp and cutting. You're going to be uh, difficult to be around because you're bitter. Bitterness comes from your mouth. If you're ungrateful, if you look at the world around you and you think, gosh, I worked so hard, and why is it that I only got, like, I've got the Ford Ranger instead of the Ford F-350, and I've worked so hard, and I don't have everything I want. My house is too small, or my clothes are too shabby, or, or, or whatever it is. You don't see what you have as a gift. You don't see your friendships and relationships as gifts. If you are constantly trying to work for God's goodness, for God's grace, for God's blessing, and you don't see his grace and relationship toward you as a gift. What's going to come out of your mouth is grumbling. You're going to be forever ungrateful and always complaining. But the other side of this is true as well. If you've received what God has offered you as a gift of grace, free, free gift, though you didn't deserve it, what's going to come out of your mouth is gratitude. You're going to be thankful for everything. That's why worship is so easy for Christians. You know, non-Christians come in, they don't really get it, but when a Christian comes to this place and they've received God's grace, what comes out of their mouth is, thank you. Thank you, God. I want to worship you, God. Thank you. Gratitude and everything in life is a gift. 
if you filled your heart with love, the love of God toward humanity, what's going to come out of your mouth is life, life and more life. If you filled your heart with trust for God, that he is good and cares about you, what's going to breathe out of your mouth is relationship with God and relationship with other people. If you have received God's forgiveness and filled your heart with it, what's going to pour out of your mouth is mercy. Mercy toward those who are, are broken. Mercy of those who have hurt you. You are going to breathe God's mercy. And I was thinking, when... When do I have something to offer? When do I have life to offer other people? And I thought it's, it's only really when I've spent time with Christ. Like when I've taken the time to sit and be with Christ. If I don't, I really don't have something um, to offer you. I was thinking, um, I was thinking, I had this, this story popped into my head. So think about a parent. This is a parent, hypothetical, it's a parent, I'm a parent, they resonate with me. You have this child, you get up in the morning, you grab them from their crib. I've actually heard of this happening before. You grab them from the crib, you take them to the neighbors, then you take them to school, then they go to the daycare after school, and you bring them home, you pop them down in front of the TV, you put them in bed, and you do this, not once, but day after day after day. If I did that with my kid, it'd still be my kid, right? That that kid wouldn't, wouldn't look like me. Other people would be shaping that kid, not me, somebody else. And I'm not, I'm not, I do send my kids to public school. I'm not saying you have to be with your kids all day. But I am saying if you never take the time to be with Christ, and you're like, why don't I mature? Why don't I look like that? Why is that person growing? You, you, you have to sit at Christ. You have to sit and spend time with Jesus or you're not going to be able to change. You're not going to change. But I was thinking of something. Sometimes we make it sound like um, it's hard work. So I want to tell you how I like to spend time with Christ. Um, I actually invite Christ into the things that I love the most. I like, I, I love to run. I love to run. I feel God's presence when I run. When I run, I bring Christ with me. It's usually an ongoing conversation. It's my prayer time. We just, because it's what I love to do. What do you love to do? I also like to garden. When I'm in the garden, I invite Christ. I just listen. I listen. We talk. People probably think we're my neighbors. Whoa, that girl talks herself all the time while she's in the garden. What do you love to do? I used to love to play the piano. It's gone. But I used to love to play the piano, and it became like a prayer for me. Or if you're a musician, what do you love to do? What did God create you to do? Make it a conversation with him. Let, invite him in to start shaping you and changing you. Um, read your scripture in the morning and then take it with you on the things you love. Christy Foley shared this story with me. She said that she used to, um, when she was like my age and she loved to run as well, she would um, have a verse or two and she would like, you know, take them with her on her run and pull them out and just run and think about the verse. Um, take, take God's word with you on what you love to do. It's not going to be what I love to do, obviously. But, um, well, you could like to run. But um, we're different. We're all created different. Take that with you. Take God with you doing those things and let him start to shape you. So we're talking about speaking life. We're asking, how do we become life speakers? So the first point is speaking life is an overflow of the heart. So examine your heart. But we want to go a step deeper, a step deeper than that. Speaking life is not just the overflow of our heart. Well, it is just the overflow of our heart. But if we want to shape that overflow, then we have to realize that speaking life is an intentional work. Uh, I do like to call it a spiritual discipline. 
Psalm 19, 14 says this, May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. So the, the guy that wrote this psalm, what he is saying is like, look, I'm working on this, God. I'm working on what I'm saying. I'm working on what I'm speaking. I'm working on what I'm thinking about. And I need you to be in this with me. I need you to step in this. God, join me in this as I make a choice. Whether we speak life or whether we speak death, whether we, our hearts are full of life or with death, is a choice. We need to get over the victim mentality. These things have happened to me, and that's why I am the way I am. If you believe that, you will never change. God will not be able to work in you. But if you can be open to the Holy Spirit's work in you in those darkest of places, you can be transformed and changed. You have a choice of being a life-giving person or a death-speaking person. Proverbs 18 says this, The human spirit can endure in sickness, but the crushed spirit, who can bear it? And we go around, and we're crushing spirits left and right. Who can bear a crushed spirit? And this is particularly a work for men. I want to say this. Um, I said this yesterday. Heidi goes, no, you can't let the women off the hook. And I'm like, you know, women probably do. I, and I'm not a woman, so I don't know. Women probably do really struggle with this speaking life thing. But men, this is really intentional for us. So men, perk your ears up for a second here. Um, speaking life, it's intentional. And it's like yard work, okay? So the other day I was looking out my window, and I noticed that the grass is coming up. And guess what else was coming up with the grass? Weeds. And the grass is getting all long and ugly. And I'm looking out the window, and I'm thinking, Oh, this is a great time to start singing, let it go, let it go, can't hold it back anymore. You know, I'm going to turn my back and close the door and here I'll stand and those weeds will grow. You know, the weeds never bothered me anyway, right? So, Have you, you guys all seen all, that? What? Have you guys all seen that? Maybe not. If you don't yeah, know. Frozen? Those of you who've seen Frozen know what that's from. And you can all picture me in a frozen dress. No. You got the image. It's intentional. We have to make a choice to get out and work in our yards. Now, men, this is what I want you to hear. It's not enough to think life. You have to speak it. Men, we tend to think, like, I did this with my son. Yesterday, it was an awesome day, like, the best day ever. My son mowed the lawn for the first time. I was like, yes! <laughs> and I was watching him out there mowing the lawn in his mom's sunglasses, which was hilarious. And he's mowing the lawn, and it was great, and I'm doing my work, and we went to the house and went about our day. And I realized this morning, you know what I didn't do? I didn't say, good job. I didn't say, that was awesome. So I, he sat down next to me with a bowl of cereal, and I just punched him in the shoulder, and he spilled his cereal, and I said, dude, it was so awesome that you were mowing the lawn yesterday. Thank you so much. Men, we got to open our mouths. You have to speak life intentionally. This is what we do. It is an intentional work, a choice, and we have to open our mouths and speak. I wasn't going to say this, but um, speaking of men. Let's just add more to it. I, <laughs> I, I know I grew up, and um, I grew up in a home where my my dad couldn't say that to me. He couldn't, he couldn't say the things that were in his heart. My dad was a very good man, and he loved me, but he couldn't, he couldn't say them. Um, so sometimes it's even hard for me to receive it from other people. I love it when K.O. says to me, I love you, but it's, it's hard for me. And Eliza says it to me often, 
and Christy said, I love, they say it to me, but it's almost hard for me to receive it. Um, and, and it seems odd because my mom said it freely. Um, but my dad is, start, I'm, I'm a woman, I'm a full-grown woman, and my dad has started saying to me, um, he hasn't said I love you, but he started saying like, um, you're a good mom. My dad almost had a heart attack recently. He goes, I know if I die that um, you're going to be okay. You're a good wife. You love Jesus. You're helping your husband. And it means so much to me. And he, he uh, I've told many of you, but he, he'll now he touches. My dad didn't get any of this growing up. It's huge. He's 65, and my dad is changing. And he'll, my dad will go like this. He'll go like this, and I just melt. I just melt because you're hungry for it. If you're a man here, will you please, please, even if it's hard for you, will you please tell your wife, will you please tell your girls that you love them? Even if you're, I don't care how old you are, and if you don't have kids yet, what a gift that you could start now before, start telling your, um, your whatever, your wife. Tell her now. I know it must be hard. It's hard on my dad, but oh, gives me such life. When he said to me, if I die, I know that you will be okay. I know that you will be a good mom. Look at your kids. That's like the biggest gift I've ever received. I just love it. I could just like carry that around with me for weeks and keep me going. Uh, He said that to me when he was here last time. So that, yeah. I, um, I've been thinking of this in my heart as a spiritual discipline. This is a spiritual discipline. It's a discipline because it's something you get better and better at the more you do it. The more you practice speaking life to other people, the easier it gets. Um, I want you to know that it's a spiritual discipline because if you're a Christian, if you have the Holy Spirit in your life, you can speak differently than someone who doesn't. Think about this. I have, I have quite a few friends, which is awesome, that aren't believers. They're not Christians. They are positive. They work very hard to not gossip. I know that they intentionally don't speak ill of other people. They don't talk about other friends when we're not with them. Um, I love being with them. They don't speak blessings over my life. They don't speak to me um, God's words to me. They don't hear from God and share that with me. They can't speak to me in the same way that people who have Christ and who have the Holy Spirit operating in their life can speak to me. So I want you to know that it's a, it's a spiritual discipline. And I think that it's sad when people who aren't Christians speak kinder and speak l- more positively than we do. It kind of saddens me, and it's true. It's truth. There are people who don't have Christ in their life who speak much more kindly than sometimes we do. Um, I also wanted to share, though, that um, I like this. And, oh, this is how we don't have to do this alone. I was reading Psalm 141.3, and it says, God set a guard over my mouth, O Lord. Keep watch over the door of my lips. See, we get to ask Christ to come, the God, to come and help with us. When we, my kids and I went to visit my parents over spring break, and we were driving, and I was praying, and the Holy Spirit brought to my mind that sometimes I'm 36 years old, but sometimes I talk to my parents like I'm a teenager. Right? 
I haven't changed yet. And the Holy Spirit said, the way you talk to people at church, you don't always talk to your parents that way. I was like, ouch. And, um, but I felt like he said, I will help you. I will help you talk to your parents. And this time I went there and I thought, I want to speak life to my parents. Not just to people at church who I'm expected to. And God helped me. He helped me to speak life. So who is it for you that's hard to speak life to? Could be your parent. Could be, I don't know who it is. Who is it hard? And say, when you're with them, God, set a guard over my mouth. Oh, Lord, keep watch over the doors of my lips. Help me. Kayo, are your ears burning yet? Because we keep mentioning you. Oh, is this I didn't Kayo even notice it. Kayo is, she's... Well, because I wanted to talk about you again. Um, she was uh, the, the church administrator for a year and a half, almost two years, I think. And uh, one of the things she used to say to me a lot, if God takes you through it, takes you to it, he will take you through it. And you might want to write that down. If God will take you to it, he will carry you through it. And so I keep asking myself, like, God, I, I want to be different. How do I change? You know, how do I get practical? Like, Heidi is so practical. And she's like, well, you just do these things, you know. And I'm like but I got to be up here. And I'm like, how do we make this practical? And ask God to change your heart. If he has taken you to this place right now, if you're in your heart going, oh my gosh, I'm critical of bitter or whatever. If God has brought you to this place, he will carry you through it. And you have to ask him to change your heart. But it's not just a work that God does. It's something that we have to participate in as well. Okay. God invites us into this work. So we have to make a choice of what we do. The kids and I were watching a YouTube video on the uh, ISS, International Space Station, and it was all these astronauts up there, and they had this one guy, and he was talking about how you stay, they like, how do you stay in shape in space? And he goes, yeah, it's really true. You know, in space, you don't have all the gravity, so your body, like, it decays, it atrophies. And, and he says, what we have to do as astronauts is we have to demand that our bodies stay in shape. Get that? I mean, I've never heard anybody say it that strongly. We have to demand that our bodies stay in shape. We ask God, God, change me. Shape my heart. God is going to carry you through this. But you have to demand that your mouth speaks words of life. Sometimes that means shutting up. Be slow to speak, as it says in James 1.19. Take a breath before you say something. Maybe instead of offering a critique... Maybe it's time to start just looking for words of encouragement to give. Ephesians 4.32, be kind and compassionate. Instead of critiquing, be kind and compassionate. Ephesians 4.29 says this, only say things that build up. Don't look to tear down, look to build up. And it's going to be hard, and it's going to take time, but God will give you grace, and if he's taken you to it, he'll walk you through it. So here's, let's get even more practical. Speaking life is the overflow of our heart, what the overflow of our heart, so our mouth speaks. Speaking life is an intentional work. It's a spiritual discipline. But speaking life is very, very simply this. It's seeing what God is doing and saying it. Okay, let's, let's say this together. See it. And say it. Well, I, actually, what I wanted you to do was repeat the see it oh, part. Oh, sorry. But, yeah, that was really good. <laughs> My bad. So, so I'll say see it, and you repeat after me. Right? Okay. See it. See it. Say it. Say it. See it. See it. Say it. Say it. You got it? Got it. Good. All right, let's, uh, that was awesome. <laughs> High five. Woo.
Uh, well, that's like tag team, you're it. No. Um, we see it and we say it. When we see what God is doing, we say it. Get this. This is this verse. It's out of 2 Corinthians 1.20. And it's a song that we used to sing. Really annoying. All your promises are yes and amen. Remember that one? Jesus. Uh, some of you guys maybe remember, but it was awful. It was like disco. And, but this is what the scripture says. And it's a great way to remember it. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. Point A. Second part of it. And so, through him, the amen is spoken by us. God says it. We speak it. God is making a promise and working it out in people's lives. Doug, he's working it in you. And when I see it, what do I do? I say it. When I see it, I say it. Over and over and over again. It's pointing out what God is doing in people's lives. It's pointing out what God is doing in your lives and speaking it into reality. It's, it's saying amen, which is Hebrew for make it so. You know, it's Captain Picard. Number one, make it so. See it and say it. So Jamie has told me for a long time as a pastor, when he goes into like talking with people, he's trying to see what is God doing in their life? He's like, he says, I go into the conversation looking. I'm like, that's great. But I realize that I don't shut up long enough to like look and see what God is doing in that other person's life. So God's been showing me, stop, stop talking. Just listen, just listen. So I was on the phone with someone from church and she was just sharing life. It was a little, her life's a little rough right now. And she was sharing it. And I shut up long enough to listen, and God's like, see what I'm doing in her life. Look. Look what I'm doing in her life and tell her. And it was really cool because I was able, for the first time, to be quiet long enough to hear what God was doing, to see what God was doing in her life in the midst of a hard time, and to tell her. Um, I was thinking of this, though. Recently, I had someone say to me, I've been listening for God, and I have not heard him. I've been listening, and I haven't heard it. How will I know? And frankly, I said, keep listening. Keep listening. And then a while later, she and she goes, I heard something. I heard someone. I mean, I heard someone speak, and I knew it was God. They were speaking to me. Once you've heard God's voice, you'll start to recognize it. And I want you to know that the longer I'm a Christian, the more and more I recognize God's voice. And I see back, when I look back as a girl, and I can see that he was speaking to me when I didn't even recognize it. So if you're at the point where you're like, I haven't heard God, I'm saying to you, keep listening. You'll hear it. Keep listening. And when you do, you'll start to see God's been pursuing you all along, even when you didn't know it. Twice the speakers, twice the sermon, twice the fun, right? <sighs> um, I do want to get right. We're, we're about to end. We're, we're getting right That's near true. the end. We do um, need to. We do need to finish up. But there's something very critical here that I do not want to miss. Speaking life is seeing it and saying it. See it and say it in Dale. I see it and say it. And, and Whoa, Stephanie, there it is. <laughs> um, you know, each of you. But sometimes the eyes of our heart need to be turned inward. We need to be able to see it and say it in ourselves. And sometimes I think we build up this, this filter. And it's because we've heard so many things about ourselves that you can't do it, you're you're messed up, you're broken, you failed too many times, you're not good enough, you're not smart enough, and gosh darn it, nobody likes you. And we build this, this fence. And what happens is, when, when I come up to you, and I go, wow, Doug, you're in the front row again, so here it comes. You're in the front <laughs> row, Doug, and it's so amazing because you want to be as close as you can to what God is saying. And I think that's a wonderful thing. And I say this thing to you, and that fence goes up, 
And what you hear is, well, you need to get closer to God. <laughs> we have taken in so much that we don't longer need somebody else to tell us we're lousy or broken. And we filter out all the good stuff, all the life that anybody speaks. We need to hear because this is the cool thing. So we put shields up, but guess what? Up here, this is where God is speaking. He's looking down behind the shields, and he's going, Doug, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Doug, you are my child. Doug, you are the one I love. Doug, I love you that much. I love you so much that I gave my life for you. And we need to start hearing what God is saying to us and start speaking it. This is from me, from my heart, because this is what God is saying to me. We need to start declaring truth to ourselves. <laughs> Let it be. Make it so, number one. We need to start speaking truths to our hearts, to see what God has said about us in his word and start speaking it. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are the apple of God's eye. You are chosen, called, set apart, gifted, filled with his power, his life, and his love. And you can be so much more than what you are when the Holy Spirit is in it. Amen. Believe it. Believe it. What I'm telling you is not a lie, and it may feel like it, because it may feel like it can't be true. It may feel like it can't be true, but your feelings are lying to you. God is speaking truth and life to you this morning. So we're going to do it. We're going to speak some life to each other. The band can come up, and we're going to have Heidi finish this sucker off. Okay. I want to read Proverbs 10:24 to you. Pleasant words are a honeycomb. They are sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. I'll read it again. Proverbs 10:24. Pleasant words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. At our last women's retreat, we did this awesome exercise. It was you could basically have called it, if you think about it a speak life women's retreat. You could have. We did this thing where we had 3 by 5 cards. And on one side of the three-by-five card, you put their name. On the other side, you wrote about something. You spoke life to them on the card. Honestly, I can, I can tell you who wrote cards to me. It was a year ago. I can tell you who, who wrote cards to me, and I can tell you what a lot of them said. Does that tell you about the power of words? Some of them were, I'm, some of them were simple. Sherry said, thanks for running Bloomsday with me. It was awesome, something like that. I love it. Virginia said, when I spend time with you, I experience peace in God's rest. I thought, that is so cool because that's what I've asked God to be in me. Someone that when you're with me, you experience peace in God's rest. She wrote that. Angela said I was practical. There you go. Truth, right? Other people can see us so much clearer than we can see ourselves. Today, I'm going to ask you guys to participate in this with us. If you take two cards, they're four by sixes because Safeway was out of three by fives. So if you take a card, one side, simple, put a name on it. On the other side, speak life. I am asking you if you're a part of this community to please do at least one for somebody here. If you can. If you haven't been here long enough, that's okay. Um, one for somebody here. One for someone close to you. A family member, a very dear friend. Let's practice it today. Um, as Josue leads, pray about it. See what God puts on your heart. We're also, uh, I'd like to, to say this. Um, Heidi and I covet your words of encouragement, but right now we'd like you to focus on somebody that is not us. If you want to give us a word of encouragement, we would just 
eat it up, so, but take a third cart. Um, because we really want to, I want you to receive this encouragement this morning. Um, we're going to, I'm just going to ask you to sit as we worship um, through this part and write. And the offering is going to come by in just a minute. We're going to pray a blessing over that as uh, the ushers finish up handing out the cards and pens. Um, we're going to take our offering as well and uh, just give it up to the Lord this morning. Thank you for listening to us and taking this time. We'll come back in just a second. Father, I thank you for the gifts of encouragement that you have poured out on us this morning, that you are speaking life to our hearts. God, I pray that we would be instruments of that message and speak life to somebody else now. And God, I pray that as we give our gifts, our tithes, and our offerings, we place them in your hands, that you would, you would glorify them for your work and service, that you would bless them and multiply them as we return what you've given to us back to you. In Jesus' name, amen. May my prayer like incense rise before you Lifting up my hands in sacrifice Oh Lord Jesus, turn your eyes upon me For I know there is mercy in your sight Statues are my heritage forever. My heart is set on keeping your decree. Be still my anxious urge toward rebellion. And let love keep my will upon its knees. Oh God, you are my God. I will ever praise you, oh God, you are my God, and I will ever praise you, to all creation I can see a limit, but your commands are boundless and have none. Your word is my joy and meditation From the rising to the setting of the sun All your ways are loving and are faithful Your road is narrow but your burden light Because you gladly lean to lead the humble I shall gladly lean to lead my pride. Oh God, you are my God, and I will ever praise you. Oh God, you are my God, and I will ever praise. Oh God, you are my God, and I will ever praise you. Oh God, you are my God, and I will ever praise you.
you are my God. song to close our service this morning, but um, I, I don't want to leave this opportunity for us to actually respond to what God is saying more than just writing something down and giving it to somebody. Some of us this morning really, are, we, we hit a chord somewhere in your heart, you know, the, the Holy Spirit is speaking to you through what Heidi and I said this morning, and you need to respond. Um, and that may be as simple as saying, Jesus changed my heart. Change my heart. I, I don't want to be a, a death-speaking person. I want to be a life-giving person. Change my heart. If that's you this morning, would you just stand with me? And you want to say that? I mean, I know this is a, it's a, it's a tender moment. Thank you. A lot of bravery going on right now. Jesus, give us courage. Give us courage to respond. I'm standing up still. You see me. Change my heart. Jesus, change my heart. I, I just, uh, do you sense the joy and freedom that comes with standing and saying this? Do you sense the joy and freedom? There is freedom in Christ. Father, I pray for those of us who have bravely stood and said, God, change my heart. Um, I pray that you would surprise us right now and change us transform us, renew us. God, fill us with the joy of your salvation. Fill us with words of life to speak to the world around us. God, I pray that you would show us the truth of our words for those standing and those not standing, that this week as we talk, as we go to the coffee shop, as we go to Macy's to buy a pair of socks, as, as we do all of these things that, are, that seem like innocuous, that seem like they're a neutral transaction, that we would be able to see whether our words are life or death and we see whether people are receiving them as life or death, show us the truth of our words. And God, I pray that for those of us who are standing that have asked, that we trust that since you took us to it, 
you will carry us through it. To trust you, Lord, in your name. Amen. I want to give you something to take home, okay? You're going to want to write this down. Psalms 141.3. This is your prayer. This is my prayer. This is our prayer. The prayer of our hearts. It says this. Set a guard, O Lord my God. Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the doors of my lips. We're going to ask God this week to set a guard over our mouths. And now we want to set, we want to release those mouths to speak truth about who God is. We're going to speak worship songs as we gather up the offering this morning, as we praise him with our giving, we're going to praise him with our lips. So let's all stand together this morning. And we're going to close with this final song as the offering goes by. Amen. My life is a light for your cause. My will laid aside for your call. And reserved are the depths of my heart only for you. I'm caught in the rhythms of grace They overcome all of my ways Realigning each step every day Live for your glory And there's none beside you, God And there's none beside you, God. And you're there in the dark of the night While holding the sun in its light the triumphs and trials alike There's no one beside you And your voice called the stars by their name Cause you whisper them all to their place To testify of your wonder and praise Well now and forever and there's none beside you, God. And there's none beside you, God. In my life to shine your light. Cause there's none beside you, God. So no one has seen. No eye has seen. No ear has heard the depths of your love, Lord. Love you deserve a great
chapter 34. God has come to the people. He's led them out of slavery, just like we've just been led out of slavery to our brokenness and our, our, our negative thinking, our critical behavior, the things that are in our hearts. We've been freed from that slavery. And God goes to the people and he speaks his name over them. And this is what he says his name is. It's really long. Brace yourselves. He says, the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, listen to this, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to a thousand, to thousands and forgiving wickedness and rebellions and sin. It doesn't leave the guilty unpunished. He punishes the children and their children for the sin of their fathers and the third generation. The first part of this is so critical for us because this is who God wants us to be. This morning, he is speaking his name over you as your new identity. The Lord, the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate, the gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands. God, I pray that this would become existence in our hearts and in this community of faith, this church, that we would be a church that reflects your name to this world around us, that we would be life speakers in your name. I say, go in the grace of our Lord to speak life to your coffee shops, your workplaces, your neighborhoods, your husbands, your wives, your children, your pastors, your neighbors, to everybody around you. Go and be a life speaker. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, everybody said, amen. Go in the grace of our Lord this morning. Amen. Sing 
Finding myself at a loss for words And the funny thing is, it's okay The last thing I need is to be heard But to hear what you would say Your great name 
the sun.